Hello, and this is uh, welcome to 90 Minutes with Neville Salfo. Uh, as usual, we got Neville in the room. Uh, we got Alan White, uh, known commonly known as the secret drug addict. And uh, our special guest tonight is uh, John McClaw uh, from Reverend and the Makers. And, all right, John, how are you, mate? Are you, are you all right, good? that's yeah. All good. How are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're waiting, sitting there waiting for your tea? Well, what it is, is kids have been playing football, so they're still having the tea, sausage and mash, and I've been relegated it upstairs. To, I was just saying, we're off camera, like, you're lower than dog, aren't you, when you have kids? <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right down pecking order now, so I'm in bedroom on floor. <laughs> well, listen, thanks for, thanks for uh, joining us, John. I mean, can really appreciate it, because I realise you've just come off tour. You know, you've been, you've been out for like three weeks, is it now? Yeah, done three weeks, played pretty much up and down country. Um, I mean... Just we didn't have a bad gig. Everyone were rammed out and like feel like we played well and just me like if I'm honest with you, I'm this gonna sound like a right old man thing to say, but like body's just in bits. I've been in bed all day yesterday, went to the pub and then I've been in bed all day yesterday. So I'm uh, I'm just about getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, yeah you kinda of get to that age, don't you, where you can, you're bouncing around the stage and it, you realise the day after your body can't do the things that it used to do anymore, you know. <laughs> Well, I've started trying to keep myself a bit fit, you know, for that reason. Um, I've been doing a bit, been back in boxing gym, been doing a bit. So I've got a, got a few, uh, I saw myself on telly at Christmas and I look like, I looked a mess there. Well, for, I've clapped a bit on there. So I've been on, been back in ring and uh, been trying to keep myself, keep myself fit. But it's hard every night, you know, when you, when you like, we've only had like two days off. So I'm ready for a rest, mate, to be honest. Yeah, was it back to back or was it like? Did you have any? Did you have any days off on the tour? Do you know what? I'm an idiot. We had we had a day off. We had one day off, uh, and it was on a Sunday. And, and I've started helping out coaching our youngins football team. Yeah. So we played in Islington, and my mates drove a transit van down, and I've drove it back to just so I could be back for a match. Yeah. Uh, so even midday off, I went. We had a match light, so I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I believe that uh, we were talking about Wednesday. We'll probably talk about that a bit later as well. You know, I believe um, you, you sit with a contingent of uh, musicians, don't you, in the game? Well, have I imagined that? What, Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Apart from lead singer of Def Leppard, and there's a DJ called Toddler T, <laughs> original bass player of Arctic Monkeys, that's all they've got, Blades. They've got Sean Bean. And everybody else who've, who've done much in Sheffield, like really, they're all Wednesday eyes, all musicians, certainly Pulp yeah. and Human League, Evan 17, uh, Ascells, Arctic Monkeys, Bring Me the Horizon, Self Esteem, they're all Wednesday. Um, which I think that tells its own story, Keith, to be honest. You know it, what I mean? I think it, <laughs> in a way, it kind of does, doesn't it? You know, I mean, I've just I've been watching some of the videos on the tour and that. I mean, I mean that you know, you put up and that, but your tour looks just as mad as ever. I mean, your gigs are always a bit cracking anyway. You know, they are wild, you know what I mean? But it just looks as mad as ever. And, and you, 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 I mean, in terms of generation, a lot of you're appealing to a new, a younger generation as well. Is that is, is that true? Like, Oh, yeah, like loads of kids this time, which were mental. And like, first, we played Sheffield two nights, first one in Sheffield. Just loads of kids down front, they must have been about 15. I mean, I sat, went to cup match, and at Wednesday, they don't let you sit in your normal seat for cup matches. So I had this, got this kid in front of me. Turns around, he said, I'm coming to see you in October. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 15. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you weren't born when debut album come out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you're saying, don't you? You know what I mean? When you've been going a bit, you get, like, younger people into it. 
But it's good. I don't know what for whatever reason it seems to go from strength to strength. Me, I mean, we we feel very lucky. Um, and like, I don't know, I don't know what that, why that is really. I don't know if it's because they've not got. There's plenty of bands of their own age. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is really. And I, I feel dead lucky that it's that's what's going off like. And uh, ah, well, mate, continue, mate. Keep me in bread, won't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Alan, you got any questions you want to ask there, mate? You look like eager to 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 get in. Um, God, you fucking thrown it right on my uh, my lap, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, just uh, I don't know. I saw Corbin was at the show the other night, and yeah, um, yeah. How was he? Because he's my local MP. So uh, yeah, well, he he, he uh, obviously we've got that link with him. I mean, you you know, sort of backstory of that is when we played uh, up at Tramia, played Tramia Rovers, and he, I got him on and. Around that time, we went songs started. There's a, all the Scousers were singing it. We had a gig before that in Liverpool, and Scousers were singing it before. They, they always say it come from that gig, but it weren't. It come from before, I think. But there was that, and then we played that Labour Live, so we'd had that link with him. And then he, he'd seen we were playing in Islington, so he come down. Him and Kate Osborne, MP, uh, who was one of his sort of big allies, she, they both come down, and his son there, Tommy, come. His wife come. They were like the old, they come mob handed. There were loads of them. Alex Nunn, journalist uh, who wrote that great book about him, the candidate. He come. Um, but to be honest, I got to talk, sit and like get into it with him a bit this time. And I've never really before it because because he, he were campaigning. It's always been a bit more like how uh, can I say a bit more fleeting. You like have a bit of a cup of tea and then he's off. You're doing your thing. But we had me and him like sat and like got into it on sofa a bit and we're like. Talking about like seventies South American socialists together and now like this is this is what I've, this is what I've come for, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> and listen, I love him. I love him deeply. I think I think like and anybody could ever think Boris Johnson were a better fit for prime minister than him baffles me. Um, and what they've done to him subsequently with Keir Starmer and I feel like they've stabbed him in back a bit, haven't they? Um, so I, I just I don't know. I think he's great and he's he's, he's Going on now, to, he's occupying that place. Remember, like Tony Benn used to do, where he's like that. How, do you, how would you say, like totemic figure at left? In he? he's one who we all look to. Yeah. Um, I love him. I do. I love him. I mean, I know you lot do and all, and and uh, I think. I mean, we're leading on to a different question here about. Or maybe I could ask you a lot of question. Do you think we ought now? We need. I've been thinking about lately, like a progressive alliance or a new party, because I feel like that left voice, that media call hard left, a lot of it's young kids, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, is, is that in two-party system? Is that in Labour Party? I, I don't know what to do. I feel a bit like, what do we do next? And I, I, I want to ask your lot that, really, me. Well, who wants to jump um, in first? you jump in first, Keith? Um, yeah, I've, I've got thoughts on it. I mean, I, I kind of put something on Twitter about it the other day. I wasn't kind of sure of the Obviously, the recent attacks on him and the, and the kind of recent things were kind of... Um, you know, kind of geared up to um, making that happen, you know, to try and marginalise him and try and marginalise the left in some way. It was almost, it was almost like getting out of the party, wasn't it, really, in a way, if you have this opinion or if you kind of, if you don't like what's happening, you can leave. And I kind of think <clears throat> you're doing that before. If you're going to do that, you're going to do it before the election. <clears throat> and in a way, you're going to get people to stand as independents. And in, in some kind of way, it's a gamble. My opinion is it's a kind of gamble, isn't it? It's, it's even two going to work, as independents, and they're, 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 and it's going to become a movement, or it's going to push them out to the fringes, which is what they probably, what Starmer probably wants. So, 
I think Corbyn is he, he's, he's not he's not he's no mug like so he's probably weighed all of that up. You know, and I think he might stay and, and fight it. You know, um, the only reason because it is the risk of if you kind of go as independent, you always you may well win, but over time it might just push push that movement out to the fringes of Labour, and and in that they hope that it becomes insignificant. But I kind of get what you're saying. Um, is it time? I thought that myself. Is it really really time right now for for something different new, something new? Because you know, <clears throat> I've just been recently been on strike because I'm I'm a union rep in in, in Libby, mm. you know. So we've just been recently on, and we've just had our strikes um, kind of postponed for the next few weeks because we're everyone's in negotiations, negotiations at UCAS and um, um, and, and stuff like that with the employers. So that, that's kind of gone well, but everyone just seems to be on strike right now. So the, you know, and, and as you said, um, John, there are you know there are a lot of kids that have, have become politicised again as a, as a consequence of what's going on. So. I, I think if there was ever a time to do it, I think probably now is the time to do it. Yeah. You know, what's everyone else think? Nev? Well, I, th- I think it's it's difficult at the moment isn't it? because Keir Starmer's got to get in. And it's difficult, I think, for Corbyn because th- does he does he hang around and, and then become, if they don't get in, he will carry the can for that? Yeah. Or, or do you stand aside to make sure that if they don't get in, it's nothing to do with him, and it's all then located onto Keir Starmer's shoulders. Keir Starmer's got to keep the business world happy, but he's also got to keep the left happy. So, and he can't do both, I don't think. So, you either got to go. I tell you what, we're going to, we're going to actually do what we believe in, or we're going to do what it takes to get in. And I think there's a big difference between keeping your values and keeping what you believe in, and do what it takes to get in, and then going back to your values. So it's, yeah. I think, a really tricky situation. But Andy Burnham spoke at our AGM for Unison the other day, and he spoke like a prime minister. And everybody in that place wanted him to be prime minister. So yeah. I think, I think the other thing that's happening in Wales is there's the trial and model in one of the schools to be a trade union. Um, it's a trade union education. So he's trying to do a course in trade union so everybody understands what it is. And I think part of the problem is, is once you get into once you get into the students and people like that, and they start understanding what's going on, they do become politicised. But what normally happens at the time, because I've been going around the schools and, and the, the care workers and everything, they don't know what a union does. So, mm. so they, you know, they think it was an insurance policy. So if you get the unions together, and they, they can produce more and more people, you know, they get in. But but it, it's going to take a new kind of politics for, for sure, because I think at the moment, everybody wants change, but there's no political figure who can give you that change. Keir Starmer won't give you that change, I don't think, is what everybody wants. They'll get a Labour in, but it might not be the Labour that everybody wants. The Tories are going to be the Tories. There's no other, I can't think of another political person the only one I can think of at the moment who might do it differently is, is um, Angela Rina. And that's the only one I can think of that you might go, actually, she speaks like she's one of us. She, she obviously talks, she knows the game. But for, for me, it has, to, it has to be somebody who we can hang your hat on, like Jeremy Corbyn, and go, I could follow this geezer because he's good. You know, at the moment, we've got nobody who can go, actually, I can hang, hang my hat on that because he believes in what he says. And he does what he believes in. 
But we ain't got we ain't got anybody like that. But like I say, twelve years conservative government. Do you put your values aside to get in and then do what you want, or do you keep to your values and risk not getting in? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 no, I think there's a lot of truth in that, really. I mean, I get what you're saying about Andy Burnham as well. You know, I mean, I really like Andy. You know, I've, you know, we've we've had him on here as interviews, and I've met him quite quite a few times, and I do find Andy believable. You know, when whereas, and I think that's really important. You know, in in anyone that you want to kind of get behind a politician, I do find him believable. You know, in the same way as I found I found Corbyn believable. You know, um, yeah. So it's it's an interesting one, John. You know, I mean, well, what I've been I've been yourself? struck by this. I've been struck by this. Um, I watched this podcast. You know that fellow Adam Curtis makes all them films, hypernormalization and yeah, this yeah. The league. They, they really he, he, did, he did this podcast and he's talking about downfall at Soviet Union. And he says, between 80 and 89, he said, everybody concerned. Weirdly, I had a conversation with Dominic Cummings, of all people, on Twitter about this. Because yeah. yeah. he was talking about it. And I started chatting to him. And like, and what he said, Adam Curtis said, everybody, whether they're left or right, whether they want a Brexit, whatever, whatever, everybody agrees, whatever's happening now is not working. System yeah. don't work. Yeah. First past the post don't work. House of Lords is a load of bollocks. Like, none of it works. What I think is different is nobody can agree on solution to it. This is where me and Cummings obviously disagree because he's like, Brexit were a solution. And I'm like, yeah, it were. It weren't the one I wanted, but it were a, a solution, right? And I think, like, this is, it sounds a bit sort of, I'm coming at it from a bit of a mad angle here, but I'm starting to wonder whether, like, the way we do politics, full stops, not not working. Because, you know, you're forced, in, like Neville's saying, you're forced into this, here's your principles and here's how you get in, and the different things. And they shouldn't be, should they? Because, like, a lot of policies, for instance, Corbyn put forward in isolation, then policies, people loved them. It's just because it were him who was saying it, and media did what it did. And I'm starting to wonder whether that, there's, we have this guy, Magic Magic in Sheffield. And do you know this guy? We're our mayor. There's, there's Jeremy Corbyn, there's Neville, there's Mari Black, there's all these people. They're all wearing different rosettes a lot of time. The politics, you could put a piece of paper between them. We're all on the same team. And I think. They're saying the same things, aren't they? Yeah. And it's how do you, for me, the, the question is how do you fix that? Because if you fix that, We'll, we'll be all right. You know, it's, it's really tough. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what answer is because if I, if I did have an answer, I'd be, I'd be running my same one. You know what I mean? I think you, you've got to have a government that, that governs for the people, for every, all the people all the time. And we've got, we've got a successive governments who only govern for certain sections of society. You know, when you go in there as, as a prime minister, you, you, you take all the people on. You don't just take the top or the bottom or the middle. You take them all and you do a job for every one of them. Mm-hmm. And we seem to have a society where we, we pick and choose. You know, we, you know, if you go with the left at times, it looks like they don't want to go anything anywhere near the top. If you go to the Conservatives, they just want to go with the top and uh, and basically crucify the bottom. So, so somewhere in the middle, you've, you've got to say, well, hang on a minute. This politics don't work. So you've got to govern what's best for the people. Is the way the NHS is run best for the people? Is the government, is the country run the best for the people? And time and time again, they're making decisions not based on the people's wants and needs. They do it on financial decisions. But you've got to you've got to make sure that everything is done for the people so the people understand it. 
you know, taking away benefits is not good for people, is it? It's, it's just, it's just not. So you're not looking after your bottom, your bottom rung. Your top rung is never going to be any good anyway. And when the balance has shifted so much to the top and the top earners and the, the companies that are, are make astronomical, you know, profits, we've got to get back to, you know. It's the people that count in the country. It's not the buildings. It's not the companies. The people are the things that make this country great. Not buildings, not not anything else. It's the people. So we have to look after the people for me, for me more than anything else. And I want a politician that stands up, doesn't have notes, and doesn't have an autocue, and speaks in the heart rather than yeah. being... Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that's what, in a way, <clears throat> where when Corbyn came in, that's kind of what, Everyone was was hoping it was it was kind of new. He, he kind of in a way he was offering something new from Labour, and that everyone had kind of become a little bit bored of, you know. And and so it, it, yeah, it is offering you something new. If you're talking about economy as well, you know, I mean, when you're talking about the economy, it's, it's like we, we kind of we kind of slaves to the economy in a way, and that's the way it's running. And, and it doesn't have to be like that. You you, you, you know, the question needs to be asked is what 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 is the economy for? The economy needs to be there to save the people, which is what we're saying, which is not necessarily, we don't necessarily need to be slaves to it, which is what the way the Conservatives actually actually run the whole process. And I think it's, it, it, you're right, it, it is about a whole a whole rethink of the politics and a whole rethink of the of the approach. Um, it, but uh, we've certainly got some interesting times ahead over the next year, I think. You know what? Sorry, local communities have got, us, have got to solve local community problems. They can't be. They can't be always fixed from central government. It's got to be. You've got to devolve the power out to the local communities because they know what their problems are and they know what the best fixes. Sorry, Mike. I wonder if. Um, I mean, look at trouble your question caused, Alan. I mean that we've we've gone on a right tangent there, but <laughs> maybe that. If if I'm I, I, I want to, I'd close this section with a little because it's obviously a prognosis is a bit doomy, isn't it? But what I will say, and this is a, a hopeful thing, and I think it's great, is I think the Corbyn movement, especially amongst like young lasses, I see a lot of young girls with this energy. It, it Corbyn started something. What's gonna play out? You've seen it a little bit. It, like we, we, I know Tories are desperate to foment this like culture war, but you've seen it a bit. Like the youth, they've got it sussed. They, they know what they stand for. The, the, the. A lot of them, the socialists, the, the kind of the, in support of transgender rights. They've got all the politics are really good and, and it's a youthful energy. And I think like, I think it will re write itself actually. I think society has a way historically writing itself. And I think like all these things we're talking about, we might not, we might be like old fellas by the time this happens, but I'm all right with that because I think- well, as, opposed to now. Say as, again? Opposed, as opposed to us being old now, yeah? Thanks. Just young lads now, aren't we still? Don't want it. It's all ahead of us. <laughs> no, it is. You know, the future belongs to the youth, really, doesn't it? I mean, that's the old, the old adage, but in a way, that's kind of what it is, really. I mean, but, um, but um, the reason I sort of asked about Corbyn was I, I was was hoping maybe he was gonna he was gonna he told you if he was gonna run as an independent. That was gonna be my uh, my follow up question, John, because obviously no, kind of he's my you know he's my MP, and I'm kind yeah. of kind of you know not conflicted. Because I'm, I think I'm going to vote for him if he runs yeah. as an independent. But it just would be weird not voting Labour, I suppose. I think, 
it, Corbyn's thing is that he, um, I did, I did sort of when I went, I put him on it. Like I asked him, and he sort of certainly intimated to me, and, and his social media posts suggest similar. That his his, his thing is, to, he's got this like commitment to the process, Annie and stuff. And I think he's yeah. he thinks no, if I can, if we can co-opt the Labour Party in the longer term to kind of that vision, that modern thing we've just talked about. Yeah. I think he's he still kind of believes in the traditional the Labour movement and all that. As, as to some degree, we all do because we've been brought up in that. Like mum and dad work at NHS for fifty five years; it's in his blood, right? But I don't know. I think like, and whilst he wants to do that, I'll support him. I nearly chucked my membership in last week, and I got persuaded not to. Um, Kate, Kate Osborne MP, come to two at gigs, and she's like, I see what she's doing. I think she's doing that under Labour umbrella. Nice one. They're all good. Like you've run about Andy Burnham, there, Nev. Like there are good people in Labour, aren't they? Still, Diane Abbott, yeah. I think, is great. There's, there's people who you look at them, you think you're a principal, good human. So maybe for now, we just stick it out and see how we get on. And uh, just like you're doing it through gritted teeth a bit, aren't you, with Starmer? Let's be right. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've, I think I might have told you because we, we used to speak quite a lot, didn't we? Especially during yeah. lockdown. And um, Starmer plays in the game of football after my Sunday game. Okay. I see Starmer every Sunday at like, uh, at, you know, 20 past 12, they all start turning up. And then at 12.30, Starmer's sort of tapping his, his watch, shouting time. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, you, let, you walk past him, let off to him. We're not, you know, we're not friends. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not the greatest fan. Well, I have a funny story to tell you, actually, about a mutual friend. Of, well, he's, he's, he's your pal. You introduced me to him, actually, Keith. Peter Reid come uh, to Manchester. Oh. So I'm having a very, I'm having a similar conversation with Reedy about this, what we're talking about now. He says, ah, well, I see him at match, John. He says, sometimes I'll go to Arsenal to have to do a bit of work or whatever. I, he says, I said, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to pull him when I see him. I says, what do you mean? He went, I'm just going to tap him on the shoulder and say, what you've done to Jeremy? Not not cool. <laughs> That's, you'd be terrified if Reedy said that to you, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, oh, all right, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I just got a question for you, Alan. Have you kind of seen him in a football there? Have you never ever thought of just throwing in a random slide tackle as he's going to <laughs> them out? I've not, no, I've not actually played in his game. I've got a couple of mates that play in my Tuesday game that play with him. Like uh, Hugh Dennis plays plays with him. So so you kind of you have a little quick chat with him. But I've since he's become leader uh, of, of the Labour Party, I have, I find it, really difficult like I want to say something to him do you know what I mean but it's yeah. a Sunday morning and I want to be respectful and not you know not be a pest at the, by the same you know at the same token but it's <laughs> I do find it really difficult I can't even sort of look at him now as I walk off the pitch past him because it's like I don't trust myself to uh to say anything but I'll tell you what else though he has two armored uh close protection uh, um uh police officers that just drive around and watch him play football now which um, is a bit mad. You see him sort of like, you know, because I park my, where, where my bike is, I, I have to come out and sort of go past them. And you can see the first couple of times they got all kind of twitchy as to like what was, you know, where you're going, what you're doing. But, uh, but yeah, apparently it's uh, since that, um, that Tory MP got stabbed and killed. Yeah. They, uh, it's kind of now it's quite standard, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because ultimately... I believe in that, you know, I believe in that democratic, like I disagree with you, but I, what's that thing, that that famous quote, I'd die for your right to say, even though I disagree with it. And mm -hmm. like, 
I fund, although I fundamentally disagree with him on loads of stuff, obviously guys got a right to to a personal life, right? But yeah. Yeah. hopefully Peter Reid can prevail in a sort of diplomatic, <laughs> yeah, we'll diplomatic way. <laughs> You'd know all about that, Nev, wouldn't you? Really? Oh, yeah. Wait till he gets a few wines. Gets a few wines down. <laughs> and he, he was quite good with Boris Johnson, so God knows why he left Starmer. <laughs> you know, I've got a question, right? You know, you know today... Yep. Yeah. There was a big thing on Radio 4 this morning, right, about Roald Dahl's book. Right? Mm. Trying to water them all down, aren't they? Because yeah. they don't language. You bear that in mind with your songs, and and, and do you have to do you, have, do you know do you know what I mean? Do, do, do you have to think yeah. about offend with all your songs and stuff? So yeah, firstly, um, I'm, I'm a bit like I feel like this is where maybe we on the left give the right like an own, open goal. Go on then, change Waldo's books. Like I get it, I get why they're doing it because obviously he's a lot of it's really offensive, but. I feel like rewriting history is a. I feel like you're on a weird precedent doing that. With regards to me songs, uh, I've got this song called MD Amazing, which I mean, you can guess what it's about, right? This is when like, you're a kid and like, oh, you're writing songs about drugs is dead cool. And when you get older, you're like, well, that's right, naff, right? <laughs> so I've got this song. Anyway, my mum, while we're on tour, because my wife's in band, my mum looks after the kids, right? She'd go up to her house. All that, have what they want, eat old spice and get, get on PlayStation. They're happy as Larry, right? At my eldest, he's only eight. He says to me, Daddy, I've been watching your DVD. I says, All right. He says, That MD Amazing song that's got loads of swear words in it. I thought, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my. And so, yeah, there's, there's, if I could go back now, I'd just, you know, like on Spotify, when you can, like, or you can just take out a, you can take out a song, can't you? Are a thing that's right. I just, I just delete it. I just go right, right. Get it in. Let's not talk about that one, because, like, you never think, you never think at consequences of these these things when you do them. Do you? you just sort of do them, and they're just expressions of your. I mean, what about your lot, Keith? Of your old, oh, that's a bit like yeah, dodgy. I mean, we yeah, we probably had a couple of songs in in in, in the past that right, you know with um, not necessarily dodgy, but you kind of look back and now and you kind of wish we hadn't written that. <laughs> like that. Which one, Keith? Which one? Um, there was a song that we did once. There was a song that we did once because we'd been on. We 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 got we got asked to do a series of gigs on the down the south of England, and we got for some reason the people that were promoting the gigs thought we were a ska band because we had a brass section, and we weren't necessarily a ska band. We were more like you know kind of indie with brass kind of more influenced by the Clash B.A.D. type Scouse version of all that. And I remember, <laughs> remember we, we got there and I remember we, we, it was with a guy, it was with a lot of Lincoln as well, he was playing. So this proper, there's this proper like, uh, you know, Scar event going on, you know, and, and we started playing and there's all these skinheads and all these like, you know, people who were, they'd just been up to the series and all dancing away, looking at us play with their heads in their hands. Do you know what I mean? Is it to say what what who are these? Do you know what I mean? And so the gig kind of went well, but it kind of didn't work well. But after that, we wrote a song called Fat Scar Man. <laughs> and the chorus went fat, fat, big fat, fat. That, that, was, that was the chorus. 
And so I yeah, kind of wish we hadn't. Um, but that one, I don't think you can find that any one anywhere. Um, let's go play that then, Keith. No, <laughs> it's, right. I think it's been expunged. That's part of the encore. <laughs> it's been expunged from history. But <laughs> it was written as a joke, and we actually played it at gigs, thinking it was cool to do. <laughs> and it, it really, 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 really wasn't. Amazing. The roll down thing was about calling somebody an old hag and calling somebody fat. So that means like some of the queens, some fat bottom girl and things like that, they'd all have to go, wouldn't they? So you know, I mean, the, the fellow on the on the discussion was quite good because he said, look, it'll just die out. You don't need to ban anything. You, if people don't like it, it will just fade and, and it will die naturally. You can't ban them because there's, there's so many books. But I just wondered, you know, when you're sat down to write something, do you yeah. have to think about all of them things before you actually, you know, you, you you put the words down and you go, oh, shit, I can't do that because I might offend this or I might offend that. Or do you have to be really careful with your words? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I've never, I, I, I get a lot of grief for my political songs, right? So there's a there's a line uh, in one of my songs and it says, it's like there's all these cataclysmic events and it's, one of them, like, in event of a gas panic, and if the, or if the Tories get back in, or something like that. Um, and it's, it's like all these sea levels will rise, and if the Tories get back in, or whatever. When I sing it live, all crowd, because we have a lot of leftist followers, they go, ooh. And I can always see on fringes a couple of, like, blokes, like, you know, like, bristling a bit. Like, I can think, ah, oh, you're a Tory. You don't, <laughs> like, don't like that lyric, do you? <laughs> and that, which, which leads me on to another thing, is, like, obviously... My band, your band, Keith. There's loads of music that's political. And obviously a lot of that music's left-wing. You think of some of the greatest songs of all time, Bob Marley, Beatles, yeah. Bob Dylan. You could go on forever, couldn't you? Clash, whatever. And I think, what do what do, what do right-wing people do when that... Like, what, do they just pretend they haven't heard it? Or what, like, remember Cameron saying he loved eating rifles? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's crazy, I mean... I, I I get that you know they, yeah they 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 do they love the songs I but I don't I just don't think they get the message you know the the meaning it's more than the singing the melody we used to get a lot and we still we still not there we used to get a lot a lot of uh, squaddies that really loved all together now mm. and and we would get Pete and people writing to us we still get it now going that was our squadron song when they were in Iraq you know what they were in you know oh, Afga Afghanistan and we're like. And they're going, it was our squadron song, and we'd, we'd go, you know, we'd be going out to, to I, was, I was on patrol to it, you know, and we'd be like, you, you do know it's an anti-war song, don't you? <laughs> and just, was, was, yeah. music, was music originally, though, a way, a form of protesting? You know, before, I know they had, and telling stories. So I suppose, you know, if you're a storyteller through music, you just reflect what's going on in society, don't you? So yeah. most of it would be left-wing, wouldn't it? Because... Let's be honest, it's like quite shit at times, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, like, moment you're asked to have an opinion on something, mm. most musicians, obviously, I think because they're sensitive, that's, you, I don't, that's a bit of a strange word to use, but to write a song, you must, you've got this sort of, you feel things that happen to you and to others. Moment you're sensitive, you're naturally going to gravitate towards left, don't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a song called Mermaids on my second album, and mermaids the charity who help kind of transgender kids who've got uh, a lot of them who've got gender dysphoria and stuff they discovered that i'd wrote this song they never knew that i'd wrote this song they discovered it and they tweeted about it and then i get all these like jk rolling types all having a go at me then they're like, they're, they're, now i'm a target for them just because of a song i've not even said out it was just a song 
that I wrote because yeah. my mate's kid was struggling with a gender. So I just put a, not like age you, he's seen, he's seen Lado's kid and he's wrote him a song. Same thing, I've just seen my mate's kid struggling. I've wrote him a little song for, for it. You know what I mean? Like, and next, and next thing, just like they're coming for me. And it's just because just they're a song, eh? Same, I mean, I've, I've heard about this, this another one now, we, uh, Delilah and Tom Jones, did you hear about yeah. that at rugby? Yeah, they banned yeah. that as well, haven't they? At the rugby or something. Yeah, they banned yeah. I think you've got to be careful. The moment you start banning things, I think you've got to be it's careful. It's like, weird, like... isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not big on censorship in, in that kind of context. You know, um, I listen to, I mean, I think we've spoken about it before, John, as well. I'm, 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 a massive dancehall, like Jamaican dancehall fan. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like late eighties, early nineties kind of dancehall. Yeah. I was going through some stuff for a couple of you know, the last couple of years, and it just became. I would, you know, I was I was aware of it, I suppose, before, but just kind of the you know the homophobic content, the misogyny. Yeah. yeah. And I've got young kids now, and I was kind of a little bit uncomfortable playing it because I don't think they'd understand. They would maybe take it quite literally. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I don't know. I I just I just think that it's it's of a time. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you're aware of that, and the same with films. And they, I think they Tom and Jerry now have a a thing at the um, at the beginning of Tom and Jerry cartoons and um, uh, what was the other Gone with the Wind because because of the the mammy character. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's quite yeah. you know, offensive, I suppose. Well, yeah. I mean, I shoot. Yeah, but um, but I just think when you change stuff, it yeah, it's just you know when you start, where do you stop? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't stop, can you? But uh, I shot the sheriff. I didn't shoot his deputy. Are they going to ban that? Exactly. <laughs> so, so it depends how far you go. But I always think music's a way of everybody expressing how they feel, isn't it? And yeah. you know, when when the, I suppose as as a writer, you've got about what write about the time that you're in, and and the, and the hopes and dreams that you have, and, and what society's like at the time. So, so music does have its does have its era and, and language has its era. If you look at some of the, the really old films, Sherlock Holmes film, they use words in there that nobody uses today, but you know, they have different connotations. But you know, music and, and I think film and everything has a, has a certain era, but you've got, to, you've got to leave that. And to be fair, anything that keeps going through generations is good stuff. So the answer to your question, John, why people are still popular is because obviously you're writing good stuff that people like. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. Keep, keep talking there. <laughs> yeah, I suppose kind of where 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 it's at. My head's at with all that is, is you, you know, it, it's also about context, isn't it? Really, you know, because you've got yeah, you've got kind of certain songs that are in time. You know, what I think most people are writing about politically. They've got like a social conscience, so they're making a form of social commentary. And in it's and in a way, it, it, it's like history. You're kind of writing about a moment or a time, and so you're documenting certain moments and times. And sometimes it's said in a way that's, as long as you're not saying things in a way that's offensive, you know. Yeah. At the time, yeah. I would kind of use those type of rules, you know. And because you know, you think about some of the things Bob Dylan has said, you know, over over the years, you know, if we're kind of playing the same rules to him, you know, some of the things that. Has, has written about you know they'd, they'd yeah. imagine writing about times are changing now on those kind of things like now he'd be he'd be strung up you know <laughs> it's like, oh dear you know? hey, I was listening I was listening to Walk on the Wild Side of a day actually funnily enough yeah. on this 
and it, and it, just before he brings in that do do do, he says all the coloured girls see it. Yeah. Like you'd never write that now, would you? No. And then, um, I mean, I struggle with I struggle. I, well, as a kid, I was a massive Michael Jackson fan. I loved him. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. was, he was he was a man. He was a man, right? Can't like, imagine you moonwalking, man. Oh, I tell you, I used to have art and do all that, and then like them songs are still as good as they always have been. They're still as good, but then I think, can I listen to them? It's, it, it, there's a lot of like moral quandaries with music, isn't there? Because you 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 you're putting a flag in. It's a time and a place by a certain person, and people don't stay in one place. Society doesn't stay in one place. You know, people change, society changes, and it's all them things are very problematic, aren't they? You know, and it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in the That's I went to Morrissey the other month. And okay. um, so, you know, being a prime example. And, uh, you know, I love this. Everyone loves the Smiths. I love the Smiths. Uh, I've seen Morrissey, you know, over the years. And I haven't seen him for a few, about five, ten years, maybe. Spectacular show at London Palladium. You know, it was, it was beautifully uh, uh, lit. You know, they um, had this Hispanic band that were just, they were just tight. They were really tight. And I'm surrounded by these middle-aged men that all look kind of like sort of Brexit voters. It's all a little, it felt a little right-wingy. I felt a bit uncomfortable, but kind of going with it, the songs, he's doing the Smith songs, doing some of his solo stuff. And um, then he starts talking about this new song he's got on his new album. And he starts talking about how the worst thing that ever happened to Manchester wasn't um, the Moors murders. And you start talking about how everyone knows what they look like, you know, right? Everyone knows what Myra looks like. Everyone knows what Ian looks like. So the worst thing that's ever happened to Manchester was the, the arena bombing. And I'm like, I'm not sure where we're going, but it's nice that going, but no one knows what they look like. And he started, it kind of felt like, I was like, this is a little, and I, I get, for me, it sort of felt like whatever this, the song was about that, it was a bit like Suffer Little Children, which was obviously about the Moors murders, right? Which is a, a beautiful yeah. sad song. Uh, you know, beautiful song, really, really sad. And, you know, you have children and you can't, I can't listen to it anymore. Do, do you know what I mean? And I was yeah. thinking, is it, he did this song about the, 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 the Manchester bombings. I'm thinking, is it, is it too soon? Is this a bit racist? -y? Is it a bit, yeah. I, I, you, you know, and, and it was really uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? And, and the people I was with, he kind of lost us at that point, you know? Um, yeah. But it was, it was, I kind of, I kind of liked it by the same token because it kind of the thing about you know I don't mind being offended sometimes I don't mind being made to feel uncomfortable because it makes you kind of question your own value system of what you yeah. think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think art should do that within within reason. Do you know what I mean? Without not being like wholly offensive. And um, but yeah, you kind of look at it and you kind of think I don't I can't really enjoy Morrissey <laughs> or even the Smith. Sadly, to you know as much as I used to, it's definitely been my relationship's definitely been tainted. By the well, I, I think like for me, it cements. You know, people who've like kept to the belief system. Keith, Nev, you two obviously grew up like family connections to Everton, loved farm. You've kept your integrity, your views, and all that. And there's certain people, especially musically, who let's be right, they've gone bonkers, aren't they? Like fully over to like tinfoil art, like conspiracy, just nonsense. And you're just like. It saddens me in a way because I think, oh, yeah. I wanted to like love you forever, and now you've you've you've, you've massively <laughs> it's caused me a big personal turmoil. I'm honest, he's that guy for any because I mean, yeah. what a transformation he's gone from one extreme to other, really, hasn't he? 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he always was, though. Do you know? I mean, I think looking back, maybe. I mean, you did you did you play with him, Keith? Did you do the first Madstock when you got bottled off? I, we were supposed to play Madstock. Uh, apparently, he refused to go on if we played or something like that. There's some mad thing going on. <laughs> this is I'm seriously. That's it. It's a, it's a true story. There was some some goings on where. He, 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 he kind of wanted, he didn't want anyone on before him or something. So he made all these ridiculous demands and the contracts were all signed. So right. we were supposed to do the mad stock thing. And, and, and they, 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 you know, we, we weren't bothered about it, you know, but but then he played it and he, we went on dressed with, we went on with the Union Jack, didn't this he? Was, this was the thing is that at the time- And got like, bottled off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone at the time was like, oh, he's, he's a racist. And then three, four years later, it was like Cool Britannia and everyone was doing this. So it was like, oh, so you got it wrong. Morris, he was a trailblazer. And I think yeah. looking back, maybe he wasn't a trailblazer. Maybe he was just a bit racisty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe we like first time round, actually. Oh, Bill Davison then, eh? <laughs> well, I, I have the same dilemma, dilemma with Morrissey because you know, I, I mean, the memories of the listeners of the Smiths, funnily enough, uh, for, for me, are sitting in it. I, you know, you know, the way music will put you in a place, but only from the past. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and I listen to like How, How Soon Is Now and, and various other kind of Morrissey tunes, and uh, I, that to me is sitting in a van going away with the band. With, with the farm, and we were always on our way to the gig, and you'd be, you know, putting tapes on you, but it'd be, it'd be there, there, or it'd be Depeche Mode, or it'd be The Clash, or it would be, and Monogy was one of the albums that you put on, and you'd sit and listen to it, and go, this is genius, and you kind of listen to it, and funny enough, it would, I've got memories of going over, or, you know, over the, over the, the moors, to, to, you know, driving over to Sheffield, do you know what I mean, the, the gigs that we'd be playing over there, we'd be normally listening to, 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 the, to him there, you know, and, and it kind of it's to kind of learn all this later, all these years later, it it, it, it is a bit of a dilemma because you do. I love the music, but I just don't like the man's politics. You know. I think there's a thing as well. Like me and me and Laura were talking about this over there, saying like John Lennon did some bad things. There's no two ways about it. Bob Marley yeah. done some bad things. James Brown did some terrible things. <laughs> and, and, and I think there's this like assumption that people make when you're good at something, writing gigs. I when you're good at, there's loads when, of them. There's loads yeah. of them. When you when you're good at something, you're also virtuous in person. And they're not the same thing, are they? And when they are the same thing, it's extra brilliant because you're like, oh, your class and your sounds. Yes. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> we're, we're sort of getting to, to towards the end of things. There's a question I want to ask you, Rep, you know, uh, John. Sorry. And it is it's kind of about the, the new album. Uh, um, um, and the, the the new songs, you know, like there's a, there's a problems and um, and like there's a bit of slight change of direction with the music. It's 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 a little mm. bit more kind of chilled. And some of it reminds me of Super Fairly Animals, if you don't mind me saying. And oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, I love them. I love I love them as a band and and, and some folk from Living Criminals and stuff. Is have they been influences or what's inspired that? Is it just like just fancy trying this this new direction? I think you've done it really well, well by the way. You know? <laughs> well, what happened were in uh, in COVID, obviously, because I were like a bit like thinking, where is money going to come from? Because I get the money from gigs. I got offered to write like a an advert for a, a TV advert to write a tune. So my manager put me with this lad. He says, "I know this kid." He says, "You and him do it." He says, "Because you'll be a good just have a little bash doing this advert." So I does it and that, and um, me and this kid hit it off straight away. He's like. It's hard to describe him. He looks like 
looks like a wrestler. He's like right big lad from Wales, but he's a Wednesday height. So because he's a Wednesday fan, he starts coming up. He's going to match. Next thing, he's like moved into my shed. And he's like living in my shed and me and him's just doing all these tunes. Anyway, one day I says to him, what are you best at, you? He says, wait, Melody. He says, what you, do you think you're best at? I says, lyrics. I says, wait. He says, all right. He says, well, I'll do Melody. You'll do lyrics. We'll do, get some chords, get a tune together. Now, you see a lot of these... Morris is an example of what I'm talking about, but there's a lot of other, like, uh, particularly, like, northern indie singers and blokes. Yeah. When they're getting on a bit and they've made loads of albums, you know, like, where they'll finish a melody on end at line, and yeah. you'll be like, I've, that, I've heard you do that 800 times before. And yeah. me, I've got fed up on my own melodies a bit because you, you, you fall into, like, bad habits. Yeah. So we were doing it like that, where he dubbed melody and I'd words to his melody which is a very unique way of working i've never really worked like that before um and for whatever reason me and him just we've got it we've got it we you know when you just click with somebody elton john and bernie talking they've just got a thing together yeah. and whenever they do it with anybody else it's not quite as good yeah that because yeah. he does it he does stuff with other people does his own music but it's never quite same and same with me whenever i try it with anybody else and ever since i've been linked up with him we've been on fire so he's from valley he's from uh Tom Teg down in Valley's like, so a good hand here. Right, okay. Uh, staying with him in Valley's, and then he comes up to Sheffield, and we're doing tunes for me. Been writing loads of tunes for other people. Um, and I'm on, yeah, I've, I've, it's like I've been looking one way all my life, and then I'm like, oh, hang on, there's all this over here. Yeah. So yeah. Found, a new, found a new zone for me. And, and musically, what it were is I was trying to, I, I got listening to a load of music, what like my mum and dad used to listen to when I was a kid, like Barry White and like, yeah, they love Philly Soul, my mum and dad. So, like, uh, Curtis Mayfield, they like Isaac Hayes. So, beats were like from there because these melodies he listens to modern music, he listens to like pop music, and he listens to like, um, you know, like stuff like Frank Ocean and this kind of stuff. So, he's yeah. coming from that angle, beats are right old, and then obviously, I do my Sheffield thing, and it's all about real stuff. So, out of them three things, you end up with this fourth thing that's like some totally different, like, just what we've made up, pulled it out of his arse, really, to be honest. So, yeah, there we go. That's that's the that's the lowdown, mate. Excellent. No, I, I, I really like it, you know. <clears throat> When's the album out? Album's out 29th for April, um, which I should have, I mean, all things being right, I should have released my album and then gone on tour. I shouldn't have, that's what a normal person would have done. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're going to go yeah. back out on tour then? Well, what happened was that single, because it went on Radio 2 and it were a bit of an hit, like uh, that, that heat wave in the Cold North tune, it yeah. sort of took us a bit by surprise. So I think that manager's like fancying like getting a bit big time, having another bash at it, like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, crack on. Festival season coming up, isn't you? Yeah, love festivals. I mean, I feel like that's marker a good band, that. Like, if... Probably the same with football, isn't it? If you a right good player, you could put them in any team and they'd look they'd still look all right. Yeah. It's that it's that thing with music and all. If you just put you in a festival crowd, there's loads of other bands. Can you do it? And I think even though we got lumped in with loads of guitar bands, we've never really been a guitar band. There's loads of synths in it. And it's like quite dancey some of it. It's got a lot of energy. So like we've been able to make that transition to like modern music a bit better than some of us. So it works in a festival. You can have that, like... I used to, like, lecture people about politics on, on stage. <laughs> and it put, 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 put. And when I stopped doing that at festivals, 
it just flew because it becomes a party. And what I've noticed is they'll then go back and listen to the tune. A message will yeah. come through in a in a bit of a cooler way than me like bashing them all head with it. So yeah. we've become like, yeah, we've become a bit of a festival party band, really, which is I mean, it's good because you, you can you can have a like a have a decent crack. I just wish like we could get it on in other countries. We ain't got no abroad us. Like, I don't know if it's like a bit too British for them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So that's my next trick to try and like convince some French people to like us. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think from a festival point of view, I think you know some of them European festivals, you'd, you'd probably do really well. I mean, we've kind of played some of them in the past, and you know, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I mean, I mean, we 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 we're out gigging through. I think from we just do festivals now. We can't be asked for it. You know, it's just <laughs> too old. You know what I mean? It's like like you, don't you know, you're home and you like you like you you know you. Your body's wrecked for a few weeks, you know what I mean? So we're kind of out just doing, we've got about 15 festivals, I think, this year, you know, and, and that's Which great. Is. That's great for us, you know what I mean? And the people, as long as people keep asking us to do it, we will do it, you know, and, and, and that's not always cool, you know. Well, I think you guys have that sort of, uh, that togetherness, don't you, where, you know what I mean? Everybody's got their hands in the air and it's like kind of, I, I quite like that. I think, I think because there's that, like, I guess you're from that generation, aren't you? When like E were a thing and that do, do it, it seemed like I always think back to like poll tax riots and that acted yeah. out, and it seemed like people were together in that way. I think your music's got a lot of that spirit about it, Alex, which I think lends its centre festivals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we we were recording in London during the poll tax riots, ironically enough. You know what I mean? We we were kind of down there recording during those during those riots, which was. Um, Kind of missed them completely, I think, you know. Um, but we were just we were in the vicinity, you know, which were very, very interesting times. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. It we we kind of come from that, you know. Um we you know, grew out of that like dance music scene that was kind of the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, which was the you know, the Abitha 90 movement and all that type of thing. And that was very much a hands in the air, like I love everybody and football hooligans and stop fighting each other and everyone was just on each other's side and it was great, you know. But soon changed. How come then, right? Because football and music are really close. So how come all, all the football songs are so shit? A good question there. Um, I think it's because of who writes them. I think, yeah. like, I mean, I think a lot of time they're not necessarily, like, most talented, they might just be the most passionate about the club. Do you see what I mean? And I think oft, sometimes that's the same thing, but often it's not. So you'll get like somebody rate rubbish writing it. I think there's a bit of that sometimes. Whereas, like, I think if you got coolest band who support that club to do it, it might be a different other thing. Is a lot of football songs that are that have done well that are all right they didn't start as football songs did they like yeah. world in motion won a football song were it no, i don't think three no. lions were they just no. happened to co-opt it to football yeah and i think sometimes when you sit down and think right they write this about like wednesday getting to wembley it just ends up being a bit shit doesn't it you know <laughs> Easy. yeah come on so i'll come you on bro a proper one then for shepherd wednesday to be fair, me and Keith are going to ask you for tickets for next season, the way you're going on. Well, I know. <laughs> selfishly, I've always wanted to play Everton for years because, like, we used to, when we were kids, we, we, 
my dad's family, we'd all get together at Goodison or Hillsborough, right? So selfishly, I'd love, obviously, love to have your lot at Hillsborough and take you all out for a pint. But yeah. um, reason I've not done one for Wednesday, realistically, is because for 25 years we've been absolute shites. We've never had out to like, we've never had out to hinge it round there. You know what I mean? It's just been pure misery. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Everybody's suppressed. It'd be a great marching song, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I could inspire them. I'll, I have, do you know what? I did do one once, but I were a bit like, I were a bit shy and I never like let anyone hear it, but like, could be all right. Could be all right. Hey. Keith, you've got to do one for Everton. Oh, I don't know, you know. <clears throat> it's kind of, it's kind of, I, I, we we did a, an Everton version of All Together Now, didn't we? You know, when you went, you were the, you were the goalie at the time, Nev, in, in 1995. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I, I never went down to London. Nothing. I kept well away from that. <laughs> it, it was in Liverpool. We did it. We did Liverpool. Yeah. We did. I know you kept well away from it. It was bloody waggy, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. There's a whole lot, whole lot of stories right around that, which was it was in there. I mean, I was in the studio and Joe Roy was there and the team were there. And they were all singing it, and you know, he's sitting in the booth and thinking, Jesus Christ, these can't sing. I mean, they really can't sing, you know. So the producer looked and said, Does anyone want to sing it? And Peter, who still claims not to be there, but he was there, um, <laughs> he was like, No way, I'm singing it, you know what I mean? So I, I just said, I give him the licks, I'll go and do it. So I went and sang it, you know, um, had a bottle of Bex on me, and um, and that was it. But I remember um, we went out with them after that for a, for a bevy, for a drink. And we were out till like two or three in the morning. And, you know, the, there's a rumour, which is still a rumour to this day, that the drummer ended up collapsing and had to be taken to the hospital to have his stomach pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and this is two weeks before the FA Cup final. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, with um, Dave Watson standing over him, <laughs> saying he's kind of drunk everyone under the table, you know. Well, it didn't do him any harm, did it? It didn't do it anywhere because we won. <laughs> yeah. Even even the national anthems are crap, aren't they? Let's be honest. Awful. Awful. I mean, I, I have to say, you know, like when it's uh, World Cup and stuff, when national anthem comes on, oh, I just want to hide me. It's horrible. I'm like, like all, even words, it's just like, don't feel connected to it at all. It's like a different... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, on a, this is a little bit of weird trivia for you, but it's true. You know that band Killing Joke? You know Killing Joke, yeah. right? Yeah. Jazz, yeah. Col Jazz Coleman, lead singer, you know, he's, in, he's a classical music composer, right? And he, uh, he, re he, he was asked by the New Zealand government to rewrite their national anthem, and he wrote it. No way. Really? Bit of, bit of mad trivia. Should I, check I, it I out. Like national anthem by Killing Joke. There you go. <laughs> I'd love to hear that, yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely madness. The Wales one's good compared to everybody else's, to be fair. Yeah. Because it doesn't well, go on for hours. If you go and play out, you go and play in you uh, in Russia or any of the Eastern Bloc countries, the, the national anthem went on longer than the game. My pal in Wales has told me this thing about this word you have in, in Welsh that I'm, I'm obsessed with it. It says it only exists in Wales. It says it's not like a translatable word. He calls it hiddite. You know this word? Not really, no. But what do you mean? He says, he says, he says it's something to do with, like... I, I googled it. It's, right, it's mental. It's blown my mind. He said it's to do with, like, um, a longing for a homeland what didn't exist, but you can only get it when you stand on a hill in Wales. 
And apparently only Welsh people can understand it. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> um, plenty of hills in Wales. Never be, long. Never be lonely. <laughs> Nev, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of like like John. I'm not a big fan of um, national anthems and stuff. I always feel a little bit icky. Did you um, when national anthems playing before a game? Does that like? Did you find that sort of inspired you or pumped you up or? No, I was thinking. I was actually thinking about what I was supposed to be doing. Right. You know when they're all singing all that sort of stuff. I was thinking, right, go do this, go do that. I need to do this, and then I need to do that, and I need to keep warm because this is the other one's going on for like five minutes so you know like say if you go to i don't know to kazakhstan or something and it goes on and on and on and you think you go it's pouring down the rain and you're you're trying to keep your your mind ready for the kickoff and it's it's hard sometimes because you're thinking right great the national anthem i was never one for, for singing it really so i just want to go I'll tell you what let's just get my head on what i'm supposed to be doing if they want to sing it, that's great because what it does for a lot of players, it just releases the tension, so they don't feel as nervous and they just get all the nervous tension on the body, so, so they sing and sing. So I, I don't mind that, but for me, it was more of a case of, right, I'm here now. I've got I've got now six minutes for two national anthems to to keep my keep my level of concentration where it is, and sometimes. It can, it, can, it can be hard because, you know, you're still there and it's freezing cold and it's pouring down. You're going, you know, you've got, you've got to watch it. You've got to try and keep your, keep your concentration, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? And it's difficult sometimes. And then, yeah, you know, if, if the other national anthem is absolutely crap, you try not to laugh at, you know, you sort of nod somebody else and you try not to laugh because it's disrespectful. But some of them are just mad. Yeah, they're really grim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I kind of, I kind of think we're there, guys. You know, I think we've we've been talking for over an hour, and I, 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 it's been actually wonderful speaking to everyone. So I'm just going to do um, the usual outro, and I, this has been uh, 90 minutes with Neville Southall. I'd like to thank you, John McGlove, for coming on, and and, and Alan White for coming on, and and, and you, Neville. It, it's been fantastic chatting to everyone, and I'll see you all later. Cheers, lads. Good Good see you, John. Appreciate you, mate. And let's hope Sheffield Wednesday do something decent in the next 10 years. Ah, uh, fingers crossed, pal, I might bust me tune out. <laughs> See you, lads. Yeah. Go steady. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Get out.